With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas. Welcome to the Full Press Fantasy Pod, part of Full Press Coverage. My name is Kyle Senra, and joining me is my co-host, Brad Harbin. How you doing, Brad? Hey, Kyle. What's going on, man? Uh, man, I'm, I'm doing okay. It's uh, it's another hot day down here in Florida, but uh, we're... You know, we're, we're, we're dealing with it and uh, getting ready for training camp and uh, see where uh, some of these guys we're talking about, uh, see see where they land, uh, if they land differently or not. This is almost like our version of training camp, right? We'll talk uh, consistency here tonight, but getting into the, our tiers, uh, tier ranking soon uh, in the, uh, well, this week and in the coming yeah. weeks. So uh, look for all of that to, to come. But every year, like I mentioned, we talk consistency and the man who creates the consistency guide, that is Bob Lung. So, Bob, welcome back. Thanks, man. Always a pleasure to be here. It seems like an annual appearance, so always honored to be asked back after I've been on a show before. You never know. I mean, I, I don't know how much you might go, oh, this guy's an idiot. I'm never going to have you back. Uh, so I, I guess you like me. And so here we are. <laughs> so thanks again, uh, Brad. Good to see you. And uh, Kyle, always always a pleasure. Uh, I saw you at the Expo and... I know we did this last year as well. So no, you can't make it this year, but that's all good. We uh, will hold the fort down for a year and then uh, next year we'll be right back at it. So, Well, you mentioned the expo because it's funny because the very first expo that you uh, created and founded was in 2019, which is the year this podcast started. So it's funny that both kind of, you know, you can mark that year as as the starting of of this process for for both of us. So uh, yeah, want to explain more about the, the expo. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, so yeah, so we started in 2019. It was kind of a combination of, uh, in 2018, I started the King's Classic, which was the best of the best experts drafting at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, then 2019, a bunch of people went to the uh, Tony Romo 
convention down in Dallas and talked about how expensive it was and how big it was. And it was just too much and too big. And, you know, somebody, I don't remember if it was Casey Kasem or, or Nate Hamilton or somebody just said, man, it'd be nice if somebody could create something like for people at our level, you know, that's a little bit, you know, more cost effective and, you know, easier to get to and, you know, and, and kind of get together. And I'm like, ah, I live in Canton. We have the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And we have this King's Classic. So all these big shots like Andy Barron's and Brad Evans and Mike Claire already there anyway. So why don't we just do an expo the next day? And like I said, the rest is history. And, you know, it was a, a, a very quiet first year event. We had we had 30 booths, which was nice. But um, we only had like 75 people show up, <laughs> which was fine. You know, it was like, OK, this is fun, you know, Um and then we thought we'd keep it going. And of course, 2020 said, I don't think so. Uh, and then 2021, you know, I said, okay, there's vaccinations coming. People want to get out of the house. Let's give this a shot in 2021. And 500 people just decided to show up. <laughs> and so, yeah, that kind of caught me off guard. Uh, I ran out of shirts. I didn't order enough. I ran out of swag bags. I ran out of everything because I didn't think that many people were going to come. And so it was all good. We, I mean, we, we didn't, we didn't run out by too many, but, um, and so here we are 2022, um, you know, things are okay. Health wise cost of travel is a little high, um, but, you know, we should easily pass the 500 again, uh, where we'll end up. I don't know. The um, uh, registrations are really picking up again now since July 4th, I think people are starting to kind of get like, Oh, Hey, guess what? And oh, by the way, the expo is starting a month from today, uh, August 12th. So uh, needless to say, I looked at the date and my brain just went like, oh, God, there's so much to do in the next four weeks. Uh, but still excited for it. You know, can't wait. We've got, you know, there's so much more this year. Uh, extra party on Friday night. Uh, we're doing cornhole tournaments, flag football tournaments, uh, quarterback skills challenge. Uh, we're going to be have our Saturday night party in a practice field domed uh, or domed practice field that's being built right behind the Hall of Fame, where we're going to be able to do all the football stuff in it and still drink and eat and have fun and hang out and listen to music and just, you know, just have a good time. Uh, so really excited about it. So much more to do. And if anybody's interested out there, wants to come down and check it out in Canton, Ohio, August 12th through the 14th. Just go to thefantasyfootballexpo.com and get some tickets and come and join us. I mean, just the growth of, of like just yeah. two different year events almost seems like oh, it's two different it's, events, basically. I mean, even the name, right? Because the first year was the Midwest FFX. Yeah, because I was like, well, I don't want to say that I'm the only one. And, you know, it's a national thing because it's just in the Midwest. And who's going to come from all over the country and the world? And you know, this year we got people coming from Ireland, Mexico let alone across, you know, from California to Washington, to Florida, to Connecticut, um, in Canada, awesome. a lot of people coming down from Canada because they couldn't come last year because right. they were blocked. So a lot of can, uh, Canadians coming down, which is awesome. Um, you know, so it, it should be a great time. And if you can make it great, but if not, it's okay. We'll be doing it again next year. Don't worry about it. Um, so yeah, it's, it should be a good time. But, but I mean, just, just, you know, growth in size, but even growth in, like you said, the event, like, because really it was that, that first year, okay, the, the meet and greet, everyone hang out the Saturday. 
Yeah, we, really we met at a BW3s. That was our meet. That was our Saturday night party. Was we hung out at a Perfect. BW3s. Perfect. And it, was, and it was a blast. Yeah. And everybody was so excited, and everybody got a chance to meet Brad Evans and Andy Barons and you know Mike Clay and Bob Harris and all, you know everybody we all know and love from Sirius XM and that kind of stuff. And you know the thing was is so many people thanked me after that, like, oh my gosh, these guys are so nice. And they don't have any egos. I'm like, yeah, I know that. <laughs> I've done these rights for years. But I think a lot of people thought that there was, you know, a, a, a tier level almost in, in fantasy guys and, and girls. Um, and there isn't. You know, that's what's great is we all get together. And if you don't know who Andy Barons is, you can talk to Andy. And you never know. He's the guy, the main guy for Yahoo or Bob Harris, you know, is one of the biggest, most well-known guys in fantasy. And I mean, they're just like us. We just chat about fantasy football and share our ideas and my method versus yours and why you like this guy and why you don't like, I mean, that's, that's what's great about this community is, and that's, what's fun about the expo. I mean, I tell people like, you're always like, Oh, you know, Twitter sucks and there's trolls and people are always bad mouth. And I go, you know what? You won't see any of that at the expo because you know what? We're face to face now. You're not going to be a troll. You'll get your ass kicked. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but you know, it's just you know, people people have opinions, we share them, and that's what's fun about it, right? You can convey certain emotions when you're face to face, which maybe online seem seems colder, and you know, it seems it just seems harder to be right. mean to someone in face to face, like you're saying, not even for the right. you know risk of you know punishment, but more just as humans, we we don't you know when someone's face to face, you don't really want to be as mean to them as you might be. Right. If, if you had the protection of, of I've never met this person, seen this person. So, right. Right. Uh, but yeah, the, the beauty of the expo and, and that's, and that's great. And again, consistently talking about it every year, but also talk about the consistency guide, which has been going on for even longer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so the, you know, the guide is out now. This will be the, let's see, seventh. Yeah. So 15, um, no, 16, 17, 18, 19, yeah, 20. So, so uh, yeah, six years. Um, last five years been nominated as one of the best fantasy publications by uh, Fantasy Sports Writers of America. Won it in 2018. Um, and still in awe every year when I get nominated because I see NBC Sports and CBS Sports and all of them. I'm like, how can I even be anywhere near as good as that? But people love it and they're voted on by my peers at the FSWA board and you know, so somebody must like it um, other than me. Uh, but uh, it's just, you know, it's out there to help people just get a new edge in their fantasy football draft prep. Um, you know, I always tell people it, it's not the end all. It's not the answer. Um, it's it's the fries of the of your value meal, right? Or your happy meal. It's It's a nice little bonus that when you're using your big site, whether it's Fantasy Alarm or Yahoo or ESPN or whatever you use, get the tra- the, the uh, consistency guide. And then just when you start getting in those players that seem pretty even, take a look and see the consistency numbers for both. You might be surprised. One guy might be 70. One my guy might be 35. And you thought they were pretty even because they had to score the same amount of points last year. And guess what? One did it in a consistent manner. The other didn't. One's going to help your team. The other one's not. Um, and that's what this book's about, is just kind of giving you that information in a very simple, easy to understand, which has always been important to me, that it's simple for people to kind of go, hey, there's one number. You're either consistent or you're not. You're 75% or you're 25%. There's no 
you know, range and different columns. No, just one simple number. I want everybody to understand, you know, how it works so that they can apply it easily during their draft or their draft prep. And that's what uh, you know, I want that book to, to be able to help those out there that can do that. One thing that's talked about a lot is thresholds, right? We talk about that a lot in Dynasty, like, okay, what's the threshold of wide receivers you want to target? And the consistency guide works a lot with threshold, it seems. Like, what, what's the threshold of points on a weekly basis? Can this player reach this threshold how many times? And, and you, you know, you can look back at single seasons, but you also look back multiple seasons, how often consistent were they over the course of their whole careers? Right. No, and, and the nice thing is, too, is that, so in addition to the guide, I also have a website, Big Guy Fantasy Sports, which uh, basically houses all the tools that I use to create that information. Um, so you can go in there as a subscriber. And if you have the guy to use a coupon code, it's 10 bucks for the whole year. Uh, but you can go in there, put in your own scoring method, your own leagues, and then you can see the consistency of those players. So you, again, you know, don't have to go, well, I'm not in PPR. Mine's half PPR. Mine's nine. Mine's, you know, um, or it's six points for passing and four points for passing. So, um, that's the nice thing is that I've got tools out there to help people, um, not only, you know, look at it from their league perspective, but also then during the year, we update those stats every week. So you can start seeing the trends of the consistency during the season. Uh, we have new tools this year that will show you like who's hot, who's not, who might have three weeks in a row of consistency. Um, you know, or maybe they have three that, you know, they started with three straight and now they went over three, the last three. So they've cooled off quite a bit. Um, we have those kind of tools. So that's what I've always wanted to do is kind of take the guide, but then make the site be the in-season um, thing that you can use to kind of keep that information of consistency in your head um, so that you can, you know, maybe you're trying to compare two guys off the waiver wires. Oh, this guy's went three straight consistency wise. This guy's one for three. So maybe I should go with this, you know. So again, we'll help you make those decisions during the year. And those numbers can also help you with start sit. Um, you can go back and look at, at, at historical data um, and compare players. So if you've got you know, two wide receiver threes you're kind of thinking about, and you know that one's playing at home against a top 10 defense and one's playing it on the road against a bad defense or a bottom 10 defense, you can see their consistency numbers in those two game scenarios and make a better decision of like, oh, yeah, maybe I should go with this guy, even though he's playing at home or he's playing against a good defense. Uh, when he's playing at home, he's very good. I mean, there's guys who have 85% at home and 25% on the road. I mean, it's just, you just don't know um, until you look at the numbers. And some people, you know, this gives them that edge that you're not going to get anywhere else. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So Brad, uh, have you had any, any experience using any consistency metrics or, or like experience with with like the you know consistency guide in particular, but just any type of of consistency metrics to kind of evaluate players, whether it's drafting or in season? Not necessarily. Nothing uh, on paper. I mean, I'll certainly look at a player like during a redraft, and it, like Bob said, you know, when, when I'm trying to decide between 
a couple of players. I'll, I'll kind of look and see, you know, how they've done the last, you know, few years. Um, also the, the sit and start, I mean, certainly, uh, I mean, he, he answered a question I was going to have, you know, it, you know, if it, if it's rolling each week, you know, uh, you know, kind of depending on the matchups, because that, that I, that's definitely something I, I lean on is, is mm-hmm. matchups a lot. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely something I'm interested in, but I mean, uh, but I'm also, I'm, I, I got a lot of emotions going on here. I mean, number one, he's talking about happy meals. I'm hungry. Now he he's in Canton. <laughs> um, my boy, Tony Baselli is getting inducted in the hall of fame. Yeah. Now, now I have even more of a reason to go to Canton, Ohio. I might have to have Bob write my wife an email and, uh, you know, see That's if fine. I, if I, can I, can, I, I can get it. We got um, <laughs> fantasy doctors are coming. I'm sure we can get a prescription note sent. Right on, right on. Okay. Uh, but, but no, it, it sounds uh, very interesting. I'm definitely uh, looking forward to hearing some more about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, again, going back to the expo, um, there's, you know, quite a, quite a lot of fun going, going on that weekend. And um, so the expo itself is Sunday, you know, what, what we classify as the expo is really, it's basically two days of parties and then the expo is Sunday. Um, but the, the expo, so it runs from 10 to four on that uh, Sunday, August 14th. Um, we all day have four different rooms with panel discussions going on all the time. And we are doing every topic this year. Like last year, we were kind of limited because again, we didn't expect the growth. Uh, so I didn't have a lot of rooms set up, but, but, you know, people are like, we love this, but there was no auction strategies. There was no best ball strategies. There was no, you know, so people started giving me ideas and I asked for them like, Hey, what, what did we not have that you wish we would have? And so, because then I can reach out to the best of the best in those topics and bring them in who are good high stake players, good best ball players, or, you know, IDP, uh, Devi, Dynasty, you name it. We're going to have topics going on, but the, the fun stuff, the cool thing about all of this is, is this year, um, we're going to record every single room, every single session, and it'll be up on the website for those who um, came to the event and they wanted to go to this one and this one at the same time, but they couldn't. Now they can watch them all after the fact. Um, so for those who did, you know, didn't get to go to something. Um, and just as a side note, I haven't announced this, but you guys will hear it for the first time. We are going to probably sell a subscription or a access to those like poor Kyle who can't make it because of family matters. He can actually subscribe, get into the media pages and watch all the videos and get all of the inside nuggets that all of the top experts are gonna be sharing um, you know, online. So I haven't made a big announcement about that because I really want people to come, but I know there's some that can't, right? Uh, we all, you know, we all had families, you know, or had or have, or, you know, um, I've been there, Kyle, you know, I had three daughters, so been there, done that, got the t-shirt. So um, <laughs> I hear you. I, I'm sure there's days of, if there had been an expo back then, I'm sure I probably wouldn't have went either. My wife wouldn't let me, but, uh, but I get it. Family, Matt, you know, family's first and I totally agree. But um, so that's some of the new things we're doing this year uh, during the expo itself is recording those um, so that people can watch. We'll have an expert mock draft that will run for about an hour and a half. See us draft through about mm, 10 to 12 rounds. Um, and it will be some of the biggest names, Howard Bender, Bob Harris, you know, myself, um, whoever else can stick around, probably Andy Barron's, um, Michael Fabiano will be there. Um, so, yeah, it's it's some big names. Uh, so you're going to get some great insight and some great 
information that uh, you can't just get off Twitter or the internet. So. Yeah, for sure. That's even, yeah. Whether it's the, you know, in-person expo experience, which is definitely recommended for sure. Right. Or the, uh, like you said, the subscription thing that I'm definitely interested in that Bob, uh, like, uh, sorry, Brad, my emotions too, but that I perked up there. Ooh, okay. I could, I could still get access to this. Interesting. Yeah. Definitely right. be interested in that. Now so. it's not going to be live, but it yeah. will be up probably the next day or so. After the fact. Um, and we thought about live, but that's yeah. way too difficult and way too expensive to pull off. So you do <laughs> have an expo to run at the time. Yeah. <laughs> we can edit those, but. Yeah, no, for sure. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's great. Uh, but yeah, getting back to the consistency guide, what kind of big strategies do you draw from the guides? And we'll talk specifically draft strategies to start. Well, you know, again, people are always asking me, you know, what is your strategy when you go in? How do you utilize that consistency? And, and the one thing I usually tell them is this, is that I'm not a upside guy because upside usually isn't what consistency is about. Um, if you're in a best ball league, that's what, it's a different thing. But so like when I go into any draft, regardless of the scoring method is I'm going in with those first seven to eight rounds and I want my core starting team right then and there. So I'm not going to draft five running backs in a row to be that guy. I'm not going to draft five wide. I'm going to draft a quarterback, a couple running backs, you know, two or three running backs, two or three receivers, and probably my starting tight end by the end of round seven. Because And they're all going to be based on that consistency model. I'm going to draft a Keenan Allen and a Mike Evans and, you know, those kind of players and probably won't, you know, jump on a Devonta Smith or an A.J. Brown who, you know, have been inconsistent in the past. Um, so, you know, that that's kind of my draft strategy when I go into the drafts with this information. I mean, to me, that's it's just worked for me. Um, you know, some people are like, Oh, I can't believe, you know, you didn't take a flyer on this guy or that guy. And yeah. Uh, okay. And that's fine. And sometimes it, I, I get burned for it. You know, I don't take that person, you know, that, that player that I, maybe I should have drafted, you know, at the number six spot and took the more consistent player, you know, whoever that is, Alvin Kamara, you know, um, uh, whatever. Um, and then somebody take, you know, like I didn't draft Najee Harris very much last year. Probably should have. But, you know, I probably was drafting Kamara or Eckler or somebody like that, which worked out OK. Um, so, you know, that's that's kind of how I go about things. A little different than some, but that's just always worked well for me and utilizing this information. So I know as well, specifically with Harris, him being a rookie, I know you, with the consistency right. guide, you've set kind of expectation like historical expectations for rookies at different positions and you're kind of using that as baseline information when you you to put a number next to these rookies coming in who you know have college production but no nfl production right yeah so uh you know if we uh reference the guide and let uh, everybody who has your guide in front of you please turn to page nine at this point um <laughs> the, it's every year i write this called rookies versus consistency and um and and it i did it exactly for that question because every year when I was doing this, people are like, well, I noticed there's no rookies in your guide. And why don't you include them? And, you know, aren't they important? And this, that, and the other. And, and I, always, I, I always just said, well, you, you, they haven't proved anything. But that wasn't the answer that those people wanted to hear. They're like, yeah, but this guy did this. So I finally just put numbers to it. And so, you know, um, so since 2010, so past 12 years, 428 
quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends have been drafted in the first four rounds. Of those 428, only 46 of them earned over 60% consistency in the, their rookie season, which is about 11%. So that means 89% of those people drafted did not, which means they failed. 60% is pretty much the baseline for needing to be a starter, like wide receiver three, RB2, uh, that kind of range. So, you know, uh, and it fluctuates by position. Tight ends, there's only been three <laughs> out of all of them, out of 74. So they're only at 4%. Quarterbacks are at nine. Uh, running backs, 15%. Wide receivers at 11%. The average is 10.75, so about 11. Um, yeah, tight ends like Gronk, Kelsey, Ertz, Goddard, none of those were over 60% in their first season. Mm -hmm. Kyle Pitts was actually the first one since Evan Ingram did it in 2017. So, you know, when people are like, oh, you know, a couple of years ago when Hawkinson and Fant and all those guys came out and everybody's like, oh my gosh, I got to draft them so early. They're going to be amazing. They're going to be the second. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. I was all in yeah. on Fant. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so again, I was, I didn't say you didn't, you shouldn't, but I just said eh, the numbers kind of don't speak to it. Um, now, wide receivers do actually do very well, um, and, and especially moving forward. That's the other thing, too, is I show people that in that section, it talks about those, those I list the players who did make it. Um, and interestingly enough, like quarterbacks and running backs, some have continued been successful and others have not. So like for every Dak Prescott and Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray that are in quarterbacks, we have Robert Griffin, Marcus Mariota, and Baker Mayfield. So now Baker Mayfield, I guess the jury's still out a little bit there. Um, running back, same thing. You know, for every Barkley, Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, Alvin Kamara, there's Eddie Lacy, Doug Martin, uh, TJ Yeldon, Trent Richardson. But wide receivers, that's where the big difference is. Every single one of these wide receivers, except I think one for sure, and the other one is kind of um, earned 60% in the first year, and listen to this list and how successful they all have been since. So Odell Beckham, Michael Thomas, A.J. Green, Jamar Chase, of course, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, D.K. Metcalf, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, that one's a little iffy, Jalen Waddle, Justin Jefferson, Jarvis Landry, Cooper Cup, Mike Evans, Allen Robinson, Brandon Cooks, and then Debo Samuel, and then the one I didn't mention who definitely did not make this list or makes the list but doesn't deserve to be on it because of everybody else is Kelvin Benjamin. He's about the only one that kind of failed. Now, Juju, like I said, and Brandon Ayuk, you know, we'll see. Um, but, you know, so people like last year who had a great season like Chase, you know, it just goes to show you that those are the kind of guys. If you see a wide receiver earn over 60% in their first year, they need to be on your dynasty league because they are going to be successful down the road. Others, not so much. So, so that's what the whole rookie thing's about it. Thank you for letting me share that. I always feel like that's kind of one of those important things to kind of just remind people, like before you jump on the shiny new toy, make sure you think about this. <laughs> and with Benjamin, that turned out to be, I believe his career year. Um, yeah. Even for like a guy like Juju, who's maybe iffy, still had better seasons than what he showed in that rookie season. So even right, if you, right. you know, even if the, the long-term success isn't there, expect to have at least one more season where they could duplicate, if not, 
you know, right, right. most likely massively increase on that production as a rookie too. So you right. mentioned the dynasty value as well as the redraft value. Yeah. Yeah. Brad, any uh, comments or questions so far through? Uh, no, that's, uh, that's, that's all very interesting. I mean, it certainly is in uh, Kyle's, uh, I'll use the baseball term again, uh, the wheelhouse as far as the, uh, you know, not liking the tight ends, uh, the tight, the rookie tight ends and, or tight ends in general. But, uh, but no, I, I think that's a great, uh, a great way of, you know, really just looking at how they, you know, how a rookie, you know, comes out and, and, and is able to, uh, you know, remain consistent, uh, therefore the uh, consistency guide. So, no, I, I think that's, a, that's you know, I, I think it's very, uh, very entertaining. I mean, we, we've been talking about dynasty rookie drafts and everything for, for so long. And, you know, just to think that's, you know, the handful of guys I, I drafted, you know, maybe one of them will stick. I don't know. Right. You know, uh, I mean, I, I, that's uh, that's definitely uh, something I learned uh, right now. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in some dynasty leagues and trust me, um, it has taken me a few years to really understand how to play dynasty and how to. And even that I still I kind of have I, I tell people because um, I, I kind of have at least something to compare to. I call myself the Los Angeles Rams dynasty owner. Because I basically trade all my picks for veterans that have played for a couple of years that I've seen their consistency. Like I traded all four of my picks in my one league and I got like DK Metcalf, Alvin Kamara. Um, Who else? Oh, and Stefan Diggs. But I traded my, you know, this year's first round, last next year's first round, second, right. third, fourth. Right. I just trade them all. Like here, take them all. But just quick question on that. Is this the Ohio Dynasty League, by the way? It is. Well, that's funny. We've had three of the last four episodes feature guests on that. We <laughs> right. had Madman on, we had exactly. Scott Connor on, and then now nice. you, so okay. it's funny that it's all tying into that. Yes. And they were, you know, like kind of laughing at me. And I just said, look, I, I'm going to play the Rams here. I'm just going to trade all my picks for veterans and I'm going to try to win this year. And you know what? Next year, I'll trade all my picks again and get more veterans and try to win again this year. I go, you can call a dynasty and want to win three years from now or not. I want to win every year. So this is the approach I'm taking. If it doesn't work, it's still a lot of fun. <laughs> and I think that, that, you know, the, the big strategy in that is that you can take away, not just from consistency is paying for known commodities. You're paying mm -hmm. for the production right. that you've seen and, and known and what right. you can measure to and expect to, to grow because you also understand the cost of someone. Okay. They've done it for 10 straight seasons. Well, they're, they're in year 11 now. So what kind of investment? Right. So, so they're getting it's kind also, of old. So, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to go for the guys that are like, 25 to 27 years old, you know, or 24 to 27. They've shown um, it for three or four seasons and you can kind of project that further from there. Right. Right. And then when a guy who's 22, 23 has a good year, like Elijah Moore, like Elijah, the people are like begging me for Elijah Moore. I'm like, all right, what are you going to give me? They're like, Oh, well, we'll give you know, I think that's how I got Camara as I drafted or I traded like Elijah Moore in my second round pick. And I'm like, okay, you can have him. I, fine you know and maybe it'll turn out but then again he plays for the jets so who knows <laughs> uh the jets uh well i mean Brad, brad's hoping that zach wilson and, and garrett wilson turn yeah. around there on your dynasty team right yeah 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 i'm, I'm hoping. yeah but we all love zach wilson now don't we i mean isn't it now our favorite quarterback and like <laughs> he could be <laughs> yeah some crazy news this week yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah it's always like wow how do these people think of this? It's like, man, there's every time you think, man, we don't have any cool, fun things to have new memes about. There we go. I mean, I'm just 
people are just sending to me left and right today. I'm yeah. just having a blast. With it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, check check it out, folks, if you hadn't. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep on on track here, I suppose, and <laughs> and maybe talk more specific players and and talk more overvalued, undervalued. So again, based on the consistency and and uh, Bob. So what, this is also part of your guide is you're looking mm-hmm. at ADP sources to kind of compare to what your your consistency numbers have found and where are these players going in ADP and who seems to be going too early or too late. So we can kind of walk through positions and you can pick out some players that you really want to mention. Think. The people should yeah. So, you know, one pager that I do at the end of the book is kind of just the draft prep. It is kind of looking for those undervalued players that they have the consistency, but people just, for whatever reason, don't have a lot of love for them, um, whatever that is. Um, when it comes to quarterbacks, almost every year, this list is just full of like old veterans. Um, Tom Brady you know, third overall last year, top five in consistency, he's going around six or seven. You know, I know he's 105 years old, but he's an alien. He's never, he doesn't age. Just everybody just accept that. Matthew Stafford, again, last year, you know, top five in consistency and total points. I've been drafting him in like round eight. Like if I don't get Brady in round six or seven, Stafford's sitting there in round eight. Why not? I mean, <laughs> what changed? If anything, they got a little bit better because they got a young, you know, they get, I mean, I don't know if Robinson for Woods is, it's probably even, but you still got Cooper Cup. You still got the same backfield. You still have the same, you know, basically nothing's changed for this team. Um, so I don't see how he could, I mean, he could regress a little bit, but eighth round when I've got seven wide receivers, running backs, and then maybe a top tight end to go with it. Hard to bet, you know. Uh, Kirk Cousins, last two seasons, top 12 in total points and consistency. And you can draft him as probably quarterback 15, get him as your backup. I mean, there's been times I just wait and get Stafford at eight and, and, uh, Cousins at 12, round 12. And those are my two quarterbacks. Um, and just, you know, one of them goes down. At least I feel like I've got a decent backup. So, so that's a few of the quarterbacks. That's usually what kind of works out, uh, running backs this year. Um, Damien Harris, uh, ended last year ranked 14th in total points and consistency. And his ADP is like wide receiver running back 27 around six. So, you know, again, I've gotten him a lot of times as my RB three. Um, yeah, I get it. It's Belichick and he may mess with things and it's not Josh McDaniels and blah, blah, blah. But everybody I've talked to, that seems to either have a connection to the Patriots or I've heard on Sirius radio said that Damian Harris is still the guy. Yeah. Ramondre Stevenson will get some targets and various stuff, maybe out of the backfield. And they got Pierre strong, blah, blah, blah. Damian Harris was a beast last year ran like no, there was, you know, some of those games was like, man, that guy was amazing. Um, I don't see that falling. Um, so I feel like he's a good value there um, at that spot. And I kind of have a love for Marlon Mack this year. Just feel like he, he deserves the chance. You know, he was actually a very good running back till he got hurt. He's two years removed from that injury. Uh, and in 2019, before he got hurt, he was top 24 in total points. So again, he's, his ADP is like running back 53. I mean, he's basically free. Um, so why not? He's going to start for the Texans. They have a decent offensive line. Um, they, you know, they need to run the ball a lot. 
Now, if he gets through week seven or eight and he's on fire, yeah, trade him because probably won't keep up, but <laughs> get something for him. Um, but I feel like he could start off pretty, pretty well. You know, it's again, that offense isn't going to throw the ball too much if they do to be the Brandon Cook. So, um, so that's running backs. Um, In- interesting remarks though, Bob, if you, if you will, for a second there, just yeah, about sure. Marlon Mack. So, um, I guess what he showed consistency, like saying 2019. So the year before they drafted Jonathan Taylor, when he had the right. chance to be the lead guy, what he showed consistency wise is better than what, again, your baseline for a rookie would be that you'd insert for Damian Pierce in this case, or probably right. certainly what Rex Burkhead showed. And that's why he's mm-hmm. the guy you're pegging out of this backfield. Basically. Yeah. I mean, I think he's got the most potential to be an every down starter or not every down, but a, a, a you know, get two thirds at least of the, of the uh, touches, um, you know, he's a bigger back. So goal line, um, you know, again, Houston's not going to set the world on fire. They're not scoring 40 points a game. This isn't the chiefs, but um, you know, if he can rush for 50 yards, catch a couple passes for 20 yards and score a touchdown, guess what? That's like 12, 13 points. That's a clutch game. That, that's why you're asking for him. You're not going to get 40 points in any one week from him, but if you can get 12 to 15, that's a good flex running back spot, even an RB two spot. Um, but you're drafting him as your RB three, four, five, depending on how deep your league is. I feel like you you got to at least give him a shot, and maybe if you can draft Damian Pierce too, um, at least you got the whole backfield right. So might not be worth not, might not be a bad idea. So. Brad, uh, interesting thoughts about Damian Harris. I know how much, uh, well, actually you like Damian Pierce too, being, you know, Florida being so close in proximity, but, uh, yeah, the, both the Damians actually, but, uh, yeah. if you want to say anything about yeah, Damian yeah. Harris, feel free. Yeah. 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 Last year I, w- I was all in on, uh, Harris before, uh, the Sonny Michelle trade and everything. And, uh, I mean, it, it, it certainly paid off. Uh, I, I do have uh, concerns with uh, Stevenson being there. I, I'm not sure the touchdowns are going to be there. What, what do you have? I, I think we talked 14. about what, 14, 15. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, but, uh, but no, I mean, just a, just a solid runner. And, and, and he did do it pretty much every single week. I had him in a couple leagues and uh, I mean, you could always uh, count on him, uh, you know, pretty much uh, double digits uh, with that, without fault. So, yeah. 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 No, he's very consistent last year. Um, you know, wide receivers, there's always a lot of value. Um, and I think this year definitely as well, um, you know, for some reason, I, I guess it's because people just don't believe that he can be the number one, but I'm drafting Alan Lazard as a wide receiver four or five in almost every league I've been in. Um, you know, he is the number one. He's the one that has the most connections with Aaron Rodgers. And that's what Aaron Rodgers is about. Um, if you go back and look at any of the years that they had um, one of their stars in their first couple of years, so Devontae Adams, uh, uh, Greg Jones, uh, Donald Driver, um, um, Jordy. Thank you, Jordy Nelson. First couple of years, not a lot of not a lot of targets. Um, they let they he he had they had to earn his trust, and Lazard has his trust. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to put up Devontae Adams numbers. There's no way. But if he has 80 catches for 900 yards and seven touchdowns, guess what? That's that's not bad. And especially since his his ADP is somewhere in the 40s and 50s wide receiver wise. Um, yeah, I think it's gotten a little bit better since then. Like it might be, you know, might be getting closer to the, you know, low 40s. But still, he's your wide receiver for I think he easily puts up. 
the especially consistency wise. So the last five games last year, he was 80% consistent when he was on the field with Aaron Rodgers. Um, those last five games, um, you know, whether Rodgers knew that Devontae was on his way out, don't know, but he certainly was trusting Lazard as a major factor in, in the offense in those last five games, consistency wise, that usually kind of spells to this year should be very good. Um, again, you don't have to draft this guy super high, uh, but I feel like you shouldn't miss out on him either. Um, that's for sure. Well, and it seems like, you know, and maybe a little less with Damian Harris is probably going a little earlier than these guys, but with Lazard and with Mac, it's you're pointing out ambiguous situations and the consistency is kind of giving you a clear picture of mm-hmm. who this should be the number one player in. And this might be actually a really good usage of the overall strategy is in the, the, the back ends of the mm-hmm. draft. And I think you talked about it. You, you draft early for stability. But mm-hmm. that consistency you can still kind of follow through in the late rounds. Not that you necessarily have to make every pick according to the consistency guide, but in those right. late rounds can find a few gems because I think at some point you do want those kind of volatile, uh, high upside players. But as you also mentioned with, I guess, Damian Harrison, even now Alan Lazard, you know, people probably saw Harris's season last year. Oh, it's a lot of touchdowns, unsustainable, not necessarily consistent, but as long as the distribution is spread out, not like your famous, is it Sean Alexander example that you use as your uh, basis of all this, which tons right. of touchdowns, but because they were so condensed and multiple touchdown weeks, as opposed right. to what Brad, you were saying, whereas like Harris one touchdown every week and, and giving you that, that baseline. Yeah, that's what it seemed like sometimes. Yeah. Same with Lazari at eight touchdowns. And I don't know that he had very many multi-touchdown games. It was all just spread yeah. out consistently over the end. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, Tyler Boyd's another guy that kind of the same as Lazard. Uh, the only difference is he's not the number one, but he's on an offense that last year he was 75% consistent over his last four games. He's in one of the top offenses. He did finish last year ranked 32nd in total points and consistency. But his top 36 is basically the third option. Um, they don't have Uzama, so you know, I don't see as many balls going to the tight end. They did get Hayden Hurst, which is okay. But, you know, as the slot receiver for Cincinnati, um, Boyd's just one of those guys that's going to get that five catches for 60 yards, which is 11 points, which earns you a clutch game. He's never going to set, again, just like, you know, these other guys we've talked about, not going to set the world on fire. You're not going to see a 40-point week out of Tyler Boyd unless, like, Jamar Chase and Higgins get hurt. But he has the trust of, Joe Burrow. And when you watch the games, if you go back and watch some of the games, if it's third and five, it's going to Tyler Boyd. I mean, he's kind of the Julian Edelman for Burrow. And, you know, that can be very beneficial um, as a a wide receiver three or flex one or two, um, if you have a couple flex. And he can be very, very good in those positions. And again, kind of like we talked about, get your core, but don't, don't overlook the consistent guys near the end too because you know one of your guys get hurt and they can fill in and provide some decent consistency may not be as good but close enough that's better than plugging in a guy that might be very volatile i'll let you guys talk and then we can talk about tight ends too because they're always the funnest right well and boyd like just year in year year in year out consistency as well as the week-to-week consistency i mean the last four seasons 108 targets 148 
probably not going to see that type of volume where he was kind of the, the wide receiver one for the Bengals. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a bad Bengals team pre Joe Burrow, right. but even just the last two years with Burrow, 110 targets, 94 targets. And yeah, especially that last one last year, 94 targets in 16 games with Higgins and chase. Right. I right. mean, that's, that seems like it's repeatable. That, that, that seems almost like that's, Certainly. that's more than he, he you'd expect to get as the third receiver in that option. But mm-hmm. if, if that's what kind of is his, Target share over the last few years expected to be pretty similar. Another 800 yard season, just like the last two years, four to five touchdowns. So if that, that's what you're getting, probably great bang for your bucket. Probably even cheaper price than he was last year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like I said, he's 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 up there with Mac as one of those freebies. Like, you know, I'll I'll be like in round 13 or something, and be like, oh, that Tyler Boyce is available. Yeah. Yeah. I need my fifth wide receiver. Why not? You know, I mean. Um, it's either that or you're picking a Rondale Moore or somebody that you don't know what you're going to get. It'd be great. Probably may not be. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Undervalued tight ends. Um, I'll just name the four favorites. So Dalton Schultz, Zach Ertz, Tyler Higby, Cameron Brait. And yes, I had Cameron Brait in there before Gronk officially retired uh, because I just felt like, you know, I don't know if he's coming back. I don't know what he's doing, but, you know, they got to move on and Gronk could come back, but, you know, uh, it was, it, it was a, a few years ago when OJ Howard and Rob Gronkowski didn't play for the Bucks, but that year that it was great was ranked ninth in total points that year. Now he didn't have John, Tom Brady he had Jameis Winston, but we know Brady loves his tight ends again, veteran trust count, you know, will get open makes the tough catches, gets that five, six yards, especially if Godwin isn't going to be there early on uh, due to his injury. He's their slot guy. So great might have a really nice start to the season. Um, so definitely, again, he's, again, one of those guys is pretty, pretty much free. Um, he's not getting drafted at all or drafted very late, uh, if at all, um, especially if it's a, a shallow bench where you're not going to need a second tight end. Um, but, uh, I really feel like he could be, you know, if you want to wait or if it's a tight end premium and you want to get somebody late, like Scott Fishbowl, um, I draft a camera rate like round 18 <laughs> as my third tight end. Cause I had, I had Tyler Higby already. I added him. And I think my main one was Cole Komet. And I feel like Cole Komet may be the type of tight end you'd push up in a tight end premium because i think we're expecting him to get the volume and get the catches whereas with great it would make sense that he'd go later in a tight end premium because with him it's probably going to be more touchdowns and not as affected by the the premium on the reception score right right so it's also important to distinguish with you know not all tight ends are equal in that sense of who's getting the receptions who's getting the touchdowns to know specifically with those tight end premium leagues is who are the ones that you do boost to give that kind of weak weekly flex value versus wide receivers in a similar range as opposed to the guys that are just touchdown dependent and you're just chasing for specific matchups. Yeah, no, definitely. There's um, um, in fact, one of the things that I did this year in the guide, which is new, which kind of ties into this. And you talk about flex 
um, is I created a new calculation. It's not really, you know, uh, algorithm brain surgery type, but I realized that I play in a lot of leagues with either super flex or there's multiple flex positions after the starters. Um, our Kings classic has not only your typical one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers and tight end, but we have three more flexes on top of it because we don't do any kickers or defense. Uh, so you can literally have six wide receivers on your team. <laughs> and so I said, wow, I need to kind of see, you know, how does, does some of the consistency, because obviously what happens is you're adding the number of players. So a typical three wide receiver, no flex, then I'm looking for the guys that get in, that earn a clutch game by being over the factor that calculates at 36 wide receivers playing. So if I just change the number of teams, now I'm basically making more wide receivers available, which drops the clutch factor. And so now with a lower clutch factor, more guys gain the consistency, if that makes any sense. So anyway, in the guide, I just did the Superflex one for quarterbacks, but I was trying to show these people, you know, people who play in Superflex leagues, like there's some guys that you might want to draft as your number two that you may not think are worthy. Um, and so in the guide, um, again, referencing page 149, uh, Daniel Jones goes from 36% consistency in a typical one quarterback to 65% in a super flex. Because as that super flex, it drops, and it only drops three points. The clutch factor drops from 19.4 to 16.4. But that shows that Daniel Jones was close, but just not good enough. But in a super flex, he can be very valuable because, for example, Scott Fishbowl, I drafted Daniel Jones as my third quarterback in like round 14 because nobody loves him. Nobody has any love for him. He also has Brian Dable this year who turned Josh, you know, Josh Allen into a superstar. Now, I'm not saying Daniel Jones is going to be Josh Allen by any stretch, but let's just say he improves a little bit and gets to 75% consistency in the Superflex. Then I've got a heck of a value there. Um, so that's why I created that, you know, and same way tight ends, uh, wide receivers and quarterbacks and or, uh, running backs and all that's on big guy fantasy sports. All those articles are there and you can see those charts. So if you're in a Scott fishbowl, that may be something worth looking into to see maybe some players that you were thinking about, not thinking about, um, and whether they're worthy to be, uh, drafted in, in a, in a consistent, a flex spots later in the draft um but they may not be you never know um that's what you got to find out so and i do wonder like just beyond the draft like how much you know what's the optimal way to fill those flex spots on a week-to-week basis as well like are, are you do you want to maximize all those wide receiver spots do you want to do two-thirds wide receiver and i think that may be all enters into it as well yeah and scott fishbowl is so wild so mm-hmm. you know this year just for fun scott decided to make the the kickers score enough to be worthy of like wide receiver three spots. And so I didn't know that I didn't even look at the kicker scoring. Cause I'm like kickers. Um, and then somebody told me that, well, luckily I drafted two kickers, but the one guy's like, yeah, I saw that. I drafted three kickers are going to start them every week. Cause they're going to get like 10 week points a week. Mm, that's not, not unbrilliant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think last year the scoring was very well, like the, I think the high end, like you could still get good points with kickers, but it was also the low end was really low. Like a lot of punitive well, yeah, points for missed took, kicks. Right. right. I think, and so that's they what scared took me out off. the missed kick. So okay. you can't get negatives this year out of your kicker. Mm, and that, that's think, why people were, and I didn't think, I didn't even look at that. Um, 
you know, because I was trying to tell people how the quarterbacks could actually kill you in that league if you get the wrong ones. Um, you know, you can have negative points from these guys if you have a very uh, poor passing rating, you know, poor percentage completion, um, you know, because you're getting half a point for the attempt but or the completion, but you're getting a minus one for the incompletion. So if you're not over like 67%, you're actually getting negative points out of the out of every pass they throw. Um, now the touchdowns and yards can offset some of that, but yeah, I, I got a couple of negatives last year. I forget who the, who my quarterback was, but those hurt. That's for sure. And I guess, uh, Brad, I have one last question. Um, but if you have any now, you can jump into, uh, I, I was uh, curious. Um, uh, so uh, I, it, it is the season I've been starting doing some mock drafts, uh, kind of, kind of seeing some things, uh, don't tell my boss. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, I've been, been, been trying to, trying to look and, and I've noticed, uh, uh, Zeke kind of fading a little bit. Um, I was kind of curious about as far as, uh, uh, his, his, you know, his rating with, with you. And then on the opposite end, uh, being down here in Jacksonville with, uh, Travis CTN coming back, uh, with the, the hoopla, not, you know, the, the hush hush about what's going on with James Robinson. We, uh, Kyle and I talked about that last week. Uh, there's, it's like radio silence down here as far as uh, mm. what's going on with him. Um, which I, which I, I get. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of curious. I mean, I, I, I feel like Zeke's been pretty consistent uh, over the years, but uh, I was looking to try and put a number on it, something like that. And yeah, and actually, I, what the thinking is with ETN. Yeah. Right. I didn't, I didn't actually talk about him um, in my, but he's actually in my undervalued players at running back. Um, you know, he's his ADP. I mean, I, I've drafted him in round late round two, uh, early round three in one draft. Um, it's really surprising. I mean, he's, he's running back 16. I never thought I'd see him fall that far, but yeah, it, yeah. I think it's a combination of him playing hurt last year certainly left a poor taste in everybody's mouth. The, you know, Tony Pollard is always, everybody feels, you know, one step away from taking the job. I'm not sure about that, but guess what? Zeke's in a contract here. He's got to prove he can keep playing or not. So my thought is, is that this is the perfect time to draft him. Um, he's going to go out there and do everything he can. I mean, last year he ended up ranked seventh in total points, even though he was playing injured. Right. So, He's supposedly healthy, supposedly ready to go. If I can draft him as my RB2, I'm going to do that every day of the week, man. I mean, okay, how can you not? Enough, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, I'm on board with that. Absolutely 100%. ETN, you know, to me, he's a rookie. I mean, we know he's got the talent, but okay. how many running backs come out and everybody's right. think this is the second coming of Zeke or Le'Veon Bell or whoever. Um, do they have a better coaching staff? Do they have a better system? I mean, Everything, everything has to go up there. I mean, you have nowhere to go but up after that disaster with uh, uh, Myers down there. So, um, you know, it, there's been a few times that he's fallen to me as my RB2, um, and I've drafted him um, because, you know, I just because I'm like, I, I think I believe in the kid. I think he has the talent. And with Robinson hurt, that they, they pretty much don't have much of a choice then to rely on ETN. Right. He can catch passes. He can run. I mean, he certainly got that ability. Jacksonville is always going to be playing from behind and garbage points count the same as yes, non-garbage points. So yep. 
Um, if he catches, you know, seven passes every week because they're always behind, well, that's just a bonus, right? So I, I like him a lot too. You know, again, it just depends on who you're drafting against. And right. if somebody's got a man crush on him, then he's going to go in round two. <laughs> Somebody, if they don't, he can go in round four. Gotcha. Um, you just don't know what to expect because again, he's one of the shiny new toys. So I hear you. All right. And in my last question, I actually wanted to go back to tight ends, but we're going oh, yeah, sure. to st- talk with Zeke with the Cowboys offense. We're going to stick there. Uh, you mentioned Dalton Schultz as being an, an undervalued tight end. And uh, I'm curious as to, because I think 2021 and 2020 b- both had kind of two breakout tight ends in really similar ways. You had Logan Thomas and Robert Tunyon in 2020. Thomas mm-hmm. was really based on volume. You got a ton of targets, over 100 targets, I believe. Really, I think you're even approaching close to 100 catches maybe. Maybe I'm thinking about that wrong, but anyway, tons of volume and Robert Tunyon, a lot of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Now, 2021, we had Dalton Schultz who did it a lot on volume. Sometimes the second target for a lot of weeks for the Cowboys was certainly one of the top three. And then Dawson Knox on a ton of touchdowns. So you picked out Schultz and is it because the volume and you expect that volume to kind of repeat? And, and so you, the consistency showed last year to repeat through this year. Yeah. And, and because of what happened in that offense, I mean, Dawson Knox was touchdown heavy, but nothing's really changed. They still have Stefan Diggs. They still have Gabe Davis. I mean, basically they're replacing Jameson Crowder with Cole Beasley. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders had his moments, but really didn't do much. Um, and I can see Knox probably catching eight touchdowns again, but touchdowns are touchdowns. You don't know. You could get two in one week. You could get zero for the next three. That makes it tough from a consistency standpoint. So, Dalton Schultz, while he was certainly up there in points, his consistency was nowhere near as good as Schultz. Uh, you know, Schultz ended the year ranked top three in both total points and consistency. He had a better consistency rating than Travis Kelsey. And yet they lost Amari Cooper and they yep. don't have Michael Gallup for first six weeks, maybe more. So all they really have is C.D. Lamb and James Washington and Jalen Tolbert. So guess what? <laughs> I got to believe Dak Prescott's going to be looking Dalton Schultz way quite a bit until Gallup gets mm-hmm. in place and or Tolbert picks it up. But even then, it was very obvious last year in that offense that Dak, again, had a really nice rapport with Schultz and will continue to have that. Um, and surprisingly enough, he's going like round eight, round seven. Um, he's picked up a little bit. I've seen him going now and sometimes in round six. So again, you just have to watch, but still, if you can get four or five wide receivers and running backs and then get him in round six or seven, um, and then like say, get your quarterback like Stafford or whoever later, um, I feel like that's, that's a really nice, consistent tight end that you don't have to pay up for. And you're going to get somebody that's going to be up there with the Kelsey's and the Andrews and the Wallers and those kind of guys. And you don't have to pay that much for them. So I think he's a great value um, and I definitely love him um, a lot more than Knox. Now, if I'm going to wait and get two late tight ends, maybe I get Knox and Higby or Knox and Zach Ertz or something like that. Yeah, then I'll do, I'll do something like that. But if I'm going to go a little bit early, but not not elite early. Um, I think Schultz is definitely one of those guys I, I would love to have in round seven. I think especially if you want to maximize your roster spots, if you're taking Schultz, you may not take the backup tight end. You might just right. wait till their bye right. week so you can draft more wide receiver depth or running back depth. Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. 
All right. Well, Bob, thanks so much for joining. Oh, so again, you. if you want to plug anything about the expo or your own Twitter accounts and anything else, uh, feel free. Yeah. So lots of stuff uh, at Twitter uh, at Bob underscore lung uh, fantasy football expo, the fantasy football expo.com. Get your tickets there and uh, put together your flag football team. Make sure you do that. Uh, that'll be a blast. Um, the consistency guide you can get on Amazon. Just type in 2022 consistency guide. My name, Bob Lung, that'll bring it up too. Uh, that's easy to find that way. So uh, go out and grab that. And hey, if you're in the Scott Fishbowl and you want to get some of that flex consistency information, you can get it in two days on Amazon. So make sure you do that. Uh, though we'll ship it to you that quick. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Big Guy Fantasy Sports for all the articles, all the other tools that will help you through the season. And again, com combined with the book, you're going to pay 20, 20, 25 bucks and you're good to go for the whole year. So Definitely check that out. Uh, Kyle, Brad, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, always, uh, always a pleasure to come on here once a year. And uh, maybe we'll see you guys at the Expo this year, next year for sure. And uh, thanks again for having me. Appreciate you coming on. And uh, Absolutely. For, for the listeners, appreciate if you follow us on Twitter at FPC underscore Fantasy Pod. Uh, individually as well, Brad's at the Rundown underscore BH. I'm at Senra Says. As always, download the full press coverage app available for free on Android and iOS stores. Gives you access to all of the great full press coverage content in one convenient location. And also shout out to PA the Second on Twitter at PA underscore II official. He lets us use the song Wallet as our intro and outro music. So appreciate PA for that. Uh, you can find his album Illa V is his latest album uh, wherever you download music. So uh, Brad, any final thoughts for our guest Bob or our listeners? No, I just wanted to thank Bob again for for his time. Uh, I know I learned something. I, I'm sure our listeners did as well. Uh, best of luck at the expo. Have have a have a great time. I can't wait to uh, hear all about it. And uh, yeah, just uh, we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. And Bob Lung, the king of consistency, the king's classic of consistency, so to say. Uh, but uh, yes, hopefully uh, you as listeners just uh, keep it with us throughout redraft season, all throughout the rest of this uh, fantasy football year, and you, you so consistently here on the Full Press Fantasy Pod. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.